Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Today, we have Angie K. What is up? How are you? Not much. Just played a show downtown, and I'm... Uh... Ready to hang with you guys. Rad. What have you been up to? Just uh, playing and singing. Uh, you know, since the the world kind of opened up a little bit, we've just gotten to do like back to back these awesome festivals that have been rescheduled. And uh, it's just been one after another of like dream gigs. It's been it's been pretty fun. That's rad. So you're a singer and a songwriter, right? Yes, that's what that's I do. Your, that's your main, main thing. But you love yep. the ocean, too. I love it. That's rad. Oh, yeah. So where where are you from originally? Well, my love for the ocean actually came from where I was born in El Salvador, which obviously I'm sure if you probably surf, if you live in Lucadia, uh, is one of the best surf breaks ever, but also one of the most like, it, it kind of babies you a little bit because El Tunco, which is like where I used to go out, you could, you could paddle out in this area that had zero whitewash and then just turn into the waves. And that's what I grew up with. So it was just pure fun. And then I come to San Diego and I just get walloped time after time. And I was like, oh, this is such a different experience. But um, yeah, so I grew up as a kid in El Salvador. Me and my sisters would go out in the water for like eight hours at a time, just playing the waves, even like body surfing, you know, boogie boarding, whatever we had. And, uh, and, and I think that that carried over when I moved to the States and then I came to the, the beaches here and I was like, oh, this is very different. Like white sand beaches versus, you know, black sand beaches and a uh, lot more people than I was used to. Uh, but I, uh, I, I still try to get out to at least a body of water, like once every couple of weeks, you know? Yeah, for sure. The water is kind of like murky down there and brown too. Huh? Very different. Yeah. Really different. <laughs> I was just in Costa Rica for the first time and I couldn't believe how clear it was because I thought it was going to be black sand and like what I was used to in El Salvador and it's the same ocean. But for some reason, a little further down, we still had white sand beaches where we were um, and and just great waves. It was awesome. And clear water is awesome. Yeah. So where, where are you living now? I'm in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. So Tennessee. I mm -hmm. like it. That place is so rad. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you even kind of love music, it, it's easy to fall in love with this place. Cause there's, you go downtown and there's just band after band of like fantastic talent, just everywhere you go. And it's, and it's free. You just walk into a bar and you see some of the best musicians in the world. That's rad. How'd you get into everything? How'd you get into it? Uh, well, even in El Salvador, I always love country music because my mom loved Dolly Parton. Okay. Which so she always like tell me stories of, of my great grandparents and kind of interweave them into Dolly's songs. And I just wanted to write songs that were stories like that. And that's very, very country. So when I, we moved to the States, I thought we were moving to like, you know, like the country. And uh, <laughs> so I had like my cowboy hat. I was ready to go. I was so excited. And we probably moved into one of the most like metropolitan cities in the world, like outside of the city of Atlanta. And uh, like very concrete. And I was like, it's fine. And the, I remember the Dixie Chicks and Keith Urban were playing on the radio on my drive to see the house for the first time. And I was just like, I'm going to be on this radio station one day. And it's awesome because I have been. And uh, it's been a, it's been an amazing journey. And I feel like the genre is so rad because it's like, it's very simple. You know, like I've met so many like big time celebrities and they act so normal and they have so much respect for whether, you know, we're playing in bars or we're playing stadiums, there's a level of respect of, of in, in country music that just puts everybody at the same level. It's really beautiful. Like, and I don't think you really see that in pop or, or rap or other genres, you know? 
Yeah, that's awesome. It's like a, like a smaller kind of community vibe. Yes, big time. Because if you think about like a number one on pop radio, I mean, if you you have a number one on pop radio and if, if you're listening on podcasts, you're not seeing me, like that's like super high and you're not even getting to like a third of that as a number one in the country world. So like it, it's definitely a much smaller community than I think people realize in terms of in terms of other genres. So, so did you move to Nashville then because of the music scene? Yeah, I've been full-time touring for like 10 years, but I, I love the water. So I've always lived, you know, by the water. My first full-time gig was on cruise ships. Oh, no way. Of course. Perfect. I never had to leave the water. Uh, yeah. And so I did that for three years. And then I met my girlfriend the first week of my first cruise. Uh, she was just a guest cruising and we just connected and uh, she lived in Encinitas. And uh, I ended up auditioning for The Voice over two years. And every time they would fly me over to LA and sequester me in a hotel like north of uh, north of LA, I would take the coaster down to Encinitas to see her. And that's was we've been together now six years, and uh, that was kind of the start of it. And I just I discovered Encinitas, and I was like, this is my spot because it's a little more low key, a little less like. I mean, I don't care if you're like a billionaire in Encinitas, you're wearing board shorts and a and a cap. 100%. You know, yeah, it's, it's awesome about that community. Did you surf and stuff when you're over here? Yeah, but I gotta say, I, I definitely respect that whole new level of surfing. Cause like I, I, it took me a while to figure out which days to go out on. The first time I went out, I went out to Grandview beach, which was right behind our tiny houses where we lived. Yep. And, uh, I thought I had judged the tide, right. But on my way back in, the tide was up past that, like the, those steps that are down there. And I had to like, it's just, it's just, ba- I mean, those waves just banging into the cliffs. So I had to kind of time it right. With like the high tide just yeah. pushing. So yeah. That was, yeah. So I, I learned very quickly to make some friends and, and, and listen to what they had to say, when to go out, when not to go out. But uh, it's, it was nice living so close because you can just walk out to the water and take a look, you know? But yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely, there's more power behind those waves. Like a three foot wave in Encinitas is very different than a three foot wave in Folly Beach, South Carolina. You know, it's just- yeah. It's a, it's a different ball game, which was really fun to learn. And to, I, I swam a lot. Like I, I, I didn't bring the board a lot and just kind of, and kind of learned that the way that it was working out there, I guess. It's good. You gotta, you gotta understand the ocean. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I don't think I'll ever get there, but <laughs> a little yeah. bit at a time. <laughs> hey, if you're swimming around though, you're paying attention, right? You're, you're yeah. getting used to it and stuff. That's rad. Mm-hmm. What, uh, so how long were you on cruise ships for? I was on a cruise ship for three full years. Like nonstop. No, I would have three months off a year or so. So I would do the first time it was a six month contract, which was so fun. I mean, so there's a crew bar on the ship. It's like a dollar 50 beers. And I turned 21 on on a cruise ship. So like I had no way I had so much fun, man. Like so many times I don't even remember. Like it was just a blast. And then uh, and it's the Caribbean. So then I would get to go like spear fishing or like we would make friends with the locals and they take us out. Like I remember in the Bahamas, we had a guy that would give, we would, he would charge me 20 bucks. He'd take me out on his boat and we'd go out conch fishing and I'd, we'd get like 20 or 30 conchs. And then in exchange, like for my help, he would make me like fresh conch ceviche. And that's all I wanted. Like it was so good. It was just so much fun. It was, it felt like the wild West. It was awesome. Just meeting new people every day, having the best time of your life. And some of those people, like I just went to Pennsylvania to play a private show, uh, for a guy, the guy whose whole family I know really well. I mean, I feel like I'm part of their family now that I met on cruise ships. One of the first cruises I did. So it was just pure fun. You know, if somebody's going cruising and cares about the water and cares about, you know, getting away and putting their phone down, you know, those are going to be the kind of people that I get along with real well. So that's so fun. And then how did you end up on the voice? You know, I auditioned 
I was just telling the story today, actually. I was playing a show and somebody asked me to play a Luke Combs song. And I was like, first time I auditioned for The Voice, I auditioned five times. I sat right next to Luke Combs, just out of pure chance. And Luke Combs, if you don't listen to country music, is probably one of the biggest names right now. Like he has a zillion number ones. And uh, he's a bigger guy, has a big beard. And uh, he doesn't look, I wouldn't say he's not a pretty boy, you know? Like he's, I'm not saying he's ugly, but he's not, he's not like a pretty boy, like six pack guy. And, uh, but he has a killer voice and I sat next to him and neither of us made it on the first, that first, uh, that first audition. And I remember thinking if this guy doesn't make it on the voice, like, then I'm not going to take it personally, you know? And so I kept auditioning and I auditioned five full times until I finally got on the show. And, uh, it was, it was a total blast. Like the guys there that, that produced the show really want to get it right. They want to get your story right. So as long as you know what you have to say to the world, or like what you want to do with your music, it's it's beautiful. Like versus like American Idol, I think they kind of want to craft whatever story is going to be the highest ratings. But I found yeah. the voice really, really wanted to get it right. And they they ran things past us and they gave us like vocal coaches and they really gave us everything we could want to succeed. And then, you know, Blake Shelton's an amazing guy too. And, and I had the advisors of Gwen Stefani and Miley Cyrus. It was rad. It was really cool. Do you think that being on The Voice helped out your career and where you're at right now a lot? Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because if I was playing, say, middle of Nebraska, if I say I was on The Voice, it helps me book a show. But I learned that if I say I was on The Voice and I try to book a show in like Nashville, New York, LA, they almost immediately will not respond if what? I use those words. because. Really? Because there's so many people from those shows now, they flock to those cities and they don't know what sailing tickets is, you know? Yeah. And it's another ballgame. Like when I first started cruise ships, I remember somebody gave me the advice of, you want to sell 10,000 albums, meet 10,000 people. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that I can understand. And so when I play a show, especially in Nashville or, you know, I mean, I've played Nebraska a number of times, Pennsylvania, people come because I've made those connections and I excited to see them. And the show is so much more like, soul giving than, than it would be otherwise. Um, so I think a lot of people come from those shows and they expect that momentum to translate into people coming to their shows when there's still a lot of work to be done, if that makes sense. So, yeah, you know, these bookers, they make money off the tickets and off the, the beer sold at the venue. So you have to respect that. So like I had to say, I had to use other numbers. Like, so in, in, if I'm playing Atlanta, I'd say I played these last two venues. I sold this many tickets and then they pay attention. But if I just yeah. say I'm from the voice, they literally couldn't run far enough away. Like they, I don't, it was crazy, but it was the, other than that, everywhere else in the United States saying I was, I was just been on the voice was a really big plus. Cause it sells tickets. It brings people in, you know, have you written all of your songs? Almost all of them. The last, my, my second to last single real talk was actually written by Thomas Rhett. who's like a major artist here in Nashville too. He's had a zillion number ones. And one of my managers is Jake Owen, who's also a really big singer. And he was the one that actually talked Thomas into uh, giving me that song, which is really cool. And it has like a little bit of a Latin flair, which was really rad. Cause that's like, I'm from El Salvador. So I like to kind of fuse the two together, you know, that's rad. Mm -hmm. I like that. What's your, what's your number one hit song? Uh, well, I don't have a number one yet, but my favorite uh, song is definitely Sunset's the last song I put out. The newest one. Actually, if you see, if you see the music video, we recorded that. It wasn't Grandview. We recorded it on, uh, outside of Solana Beach, Fletcher, yep. Fletcher Cove. Fletcher Cove. Yeah. Yeah. And we, it was during the, the fires. So yep. it was like, we were so worried we weren't going to get a sunset. And it was 
the first day that it cleared up and it was the most beautiful pink sunset. You'll recognize it when you see it. It comes along maybe like three times a month, like that perfect yeah. layered, beautiful pink sunset. And the song is called Sunset, so it needs it. And it just was perfect. Like it just, it really fell just together. Just linked up absolutely perfect. Yeah. And it yeah. it felt, it felt a little divine and a little, it's just, it was really cool that the music, cause the music videos, like the, the song is everybody sunsets, everybody regrets, everybody's ego is their biggest weakness is like the beginning of the chorus. So it's kind of like that unity of the water and the sky, how like, no matter where you are in life, you don't, you don't, you take a joy from that, you know? Yeah. That's like a huge one right now too, with COVID and everything going on. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's rad. Did you travel a lot or have you traveled a ton for your uh, music and everything? Yeah. Since COVID stopped, it's been like, everything's rescheduling and I'm all for it. You know, after taking that break. Yeah. Yeah. I think me and my band, everybody is ready to hit the road again. That's rad. What, what's your favorite place you've been to? Um, I think honestly, I, I always love it. Sanitas and my girlfriend still has a, a photography studio in Solana beach. Um, Papagayo, we play it every time we, when I go down there, I love that yeah, spot. Papagayo is sick. I love that place. Yeah. I, I hear, uh, the, the guy that runs that place just opened a new spot too. Uh, I think it used to be beach girl. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about that. I haven't played there yet, but I'm going to, uh, but I like, I like playing the really big shows. I love playing like opening for Jake Owen and playing like we did minor league baseball stadium tour, which was really fun because I love baseball, but there's something really awesome about playing a beach bar. So some of my favorite places I've ever played is just, you know, no makeup. I'm barefoot. I was just in the water and like, everybody's got that perfect little buzz. We've decided we've, we're on vacation and it's just smooth sailing. Let it loose and have fun. Mm-hmm. That's right. No expectations, just pure fun. Have you traveled out of the country a lot for free music? Yeah. So I just went to Costa Rica. We found a really cool, actually, this is so cool. You'll appreciate this. So, you know, this, the, the movie, uh, endless summer. Yeah. Okay. So we went to this, uh, really cool surf, uh, it's a surf camp, but like it's uh, in, in Costa Rica, it's called Witch's Rock. And it was really cool because it was unlimited surf rentals and you could choose as many boards as you want all week long. So you could like kind of choose whatever you want to try new stuff. Well, at the end of the, the week, we're having such a good time. Robert August shows up. Apparently he co-owns this surf camp and he he narrated the movie while we watched it. It was so cool. And we got him to sign a poster and everything. It was so no cool. way. Dude, it was like I have it right here next to me. It's like I like couldn't believe that he was there. It was and I was asking him I was like is this normal? And they're like no, he just like came by. Like so crazy. But um yeah, so I, I if I can combine places I want to go like Costa Rica with playing a couple shows which that camp let me do, um then I always do it. Uh, El Salvador, I've played there multiple times. I've gotten to travel to Europe. I've played a couple of shows in Paris. Um, so when I, like a lot of the times those shows aren't like necessarily like financially fruitful, but like if I can combine it with what I love to do and cover the flights, like I'm all about it, you know? Yeah. I have a buddy that started a surf camp in uh, Costa Rica, Tyler Carell. He's like the one of them. Oh, what's the name of it? I, I honestly don't know the name of the surf camp, but he's had it since he was like a Grom. I wonder uh, if it's family. the same spot. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I wonder if it's Witch's Rock. Cause it's, it's one of the, the, it, what's cool is it's kind of like, so where I grew up in El Salvador, we went to someone's beach house. It was like concrete. It was like ceiling fans. It wasn't like super posh. And that was what I loved about it. It felt very authentic to what Costa Rica is and what Central America is. It felt like I was in another country. I wasn't trying to go to some place that made me feel like it was the four seasons I could be at anywhere in the world. You know, it felt yeah. really 
really rad. Yeah, he he uh he kind of like grew up between there and here. So it's Witch's Rock boat trips. Yep, Witch's Rock. Is that that's, it? Yeah, that's the place we stayed at. That's sick. That's so funny. It's such a small world. No, Robert August showed up. It was so cool, man. I was yeah. ups- I, and I just I was upstairs and I didn't want to come downstairs. I was so tired from our trip, and uh, and my girlfriend texted me. She was like, "You're gonna want to come downstairs," and I was like, oh, <laughs> "Why? What's going on?" And she was like, "Just trust me." And so I go and put on my clothes. I go all the way downstairs, and it's Robert August. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And I went back upstairs and changed so I could get a picture with him. <laughs> it was awesome. That's so funny. Yeah. So can you? I'm pretty sure there's houses there, right? Are there like houses right there? So this Tamarindo, that whole strip is mostly, mostly like stores and and, and hotels. But a few blocks yeah. back, there's some houses and they're super affordable houses. too. I was looking at them. And I was like, man, this wouldn't be a bad spot to, to put up camp. <laughs> You're like, we're moving. I know. I was talking about a lot. My girlfriend was like, well, hold tight. You have a whole career in Nashville. So <laughs> that's so fun. How long did it take you to get like a record label and everything? I actually still don't have a record label, uh, but I have a management deal. So my management deal is with Jake Owen and with Keith Gale, who Keith is Jake Owen's main manager as well. So if you listen to country music, you probably recognize that name, but um, that's why I've gotten to tour with such big acts without a record label. I've been because Jake has been able to pick up the phone. I basically have a celebrity making phone calls for me, which has been really cool. <laughs> yeah. How is that working with Jake Owens? Uh, so Jake Owen is a, uh, is just awesome. He sings uh barefoot bougie night and beaching. If you don't, if you don't recognize the name, maybe you recognize some of those songs. So he's used to the music industry. He's had, I think like 10 or 10 or 11 number ones. And uh, he's played massive stadiums. Uh, so like having him to be able to like, kind of give me advice when I'm trying to figure something out or, or when I tell my management, like, Hey, I really want to record this again. It's not quite right. He kind of is behind me versus just being able to talk to the suits, you know? Yeah. So it's, you guys just have like a friendly relationship where you can just be like, yeah, I want to do this or whatever. And then he's like, all right, let's do it. It's really, really awesome. Like, yeah. it's, and like I said, it's testament to country music that, um, I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like other genres are like, oh, you're going to do this. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're making this album. So then this happens. It's not like what you want to do in a way. Yeah. Well, there's also a lot of more, a lot more money on the table with like pop music or like, you know, country music, because like I said, like a number one in pop music is like 10,000 times bigger than a number one in country music. So you're talking about like that world of competition is so much more fierce and so much more cutthroat uh, versus country music. It feels a little bit more like, like family and almost like they're kind of sharing that podium. Like when, when one person gets something, they're just as happy when the next person shows up for it, you know? Yeah, that's rad. Hey, did you actually sing Happily Ever After in Disneyland? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Well, Disney World. Disney World. Disneyland. Yeah. So that was. I just say Disneyland because I'm from California. I know. You're totally fine. Um, my girlfriend corrects me all the time on that. But I, uh, I absolutely, that was one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do in my whole career, which is if you don't know, if you go to Orlando and you watch, you know, the Walt Disney, if you go to Walt Disney World and you watch the fireworks show, that's my song that plays over the fireworks show, me and Jordan Fisher. And uh, I got that gig just because the guy that hired me for Carnival Cruise Lines, ended up moving to Disney and I, you know, I'd gone on the voice. I've gotten, I'd gotten on a couple other things and he asked me to come in an audition and my voice just fit with Jordan Fisher's really well. But Jordan Fisher has like 6 million followers, kind of crazy. And so they uh, invited me in to, uh, to audition and I, I got to sing it and somehow I managed to, uh, to get the part. And uh, it means I, I usually get free tickets to Disney world. Whenever I was I'm just going to ask you really free cool. tickets. That yep. is and sick. It's, it is the coolest thing, like the coolest thing. Cause those are expensive tickets, man. Oh yeah. 
But then you go pay for food and then it makes up for it. Totally. So funny. <laughs> totally. But that place is sick. I've never been mm-hmm. to Disney World. I've only been to Disneyland. But honestly, if you go, you'll you'll love Epcot the most, in my opinion. What is that? Epcot is like one of the parks. So like there's Animal Kingdom, there's Magic Kingdom, there's Epcot. Um, oh, okay. Cool. Epcot is my favorite because it's like everywhere in the world. First of all, there's beer. Like you can drink there, which is to me a really it makes theme park way more exciting. <laughs> um, but you go around the world and it's like you go to Japan, you go to like China, you go to, you know, Ethiopia and it has like a local food and like a drink. And it's really cool. Like I, it's my favorite thing to do is just walk around that park and, 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 you know, nobody does, nobody does stuff like Disney. Like every tiny detail is so cool. Yeah. I want to surf that typhoon wave pool. <laughs> That'll be fun. I mean, it's actually more entertaining just watching people, but. <laughs> Everybody that I see surfs it is like, really good at surfing. So I don't know if I do well, but it looks so fun. Well, let me assure you, most people when you're there at the park cannot surf. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll take some lessons. <laughs> What's, what are some of your favorite bars in Nashville? Ooh, okay. So I would say if you're coming to Nashville, my top three recommendations, this is a good sound bite. Top three recommendations, the listening room cafe. That's where you go. If you want to experience a Nashville writer's round, which just means like you'll have the the guys that wrote number one songs for Luke Combs or Luke Bryan or uh, Miranda Lambert, they'll tell you how they wrote that song and they'll play it acoustically and you get to sit down and have dinner comfortably, listen to everything. It's awesome. The Listening Room Cafe is number one. Number two would probably be like, if you're looking for a good Broadway bar, Casa Rosa is the spot. It's the brand new Miranda, Miranda Lambert bar. That's awesome. I would say second to that is probably Jason Aldean's which he has a great rooftop on his bar. And then third is Yeehaw Brewery. So just Yeehaw, like the word Yeehaw. Yeah. Brewery. Yep. I like Has it. Has $5 moonshine tasting is, and they give you like 15 shots of moonshine and it's five bucks. And like it's, and they have a huge outdoor area where you can play games and they have live music, full band. And so I would say those three, there's no way you cannot have fun doing any of those things. Everyone, it looks like we're going to Nashville. Meet us there. That's right. Yep. <laughs> So how did you end up uh, with Salt Life? So Jake, Jake Owen's a big, uh, he's, he's sponsored by Salt Life. And so uh, my management connected me because obviously him and I have the beach in common. Yeah. So uh, I, yeah, I met Larry and, uh, and a lot of the guys and Tiffany and all the guys at Salt Life and, and we just vibed really well. And I'm from Georgia. I grew up in Marietta. So uh, Columbus really isn't that far away, which is where their kind of base is. Uh, so I just got to know him and we, we, we jived with each other and whenever it was so, you know, as an artist, you don't really ever want to be sponsored by someone that you don't freaking love because it's yeah. better to just not have that attachment, you know, cause then post about something that you're not thrilled about. And I, I feel like salt life stuff. I think I posted one time, like if you have a faded out salt life t-shirt, uh, we'd probably be friends because those are like those, those salt life t-shirts. I wear them all the time and I wash them a zillion times and they just get, they're still soft. They're just, they're perfect. And I like the, I like the oversized, like the long sleeves. I have a couple yeah. of those that when I get out of the water and I just need to drive home or whatever, those are just so perfect. It like, it's like a little hug. It's great. Yeah. That's rad. So back to growing up in El Salvador, I have more questions on that because yeah. I'm obviously a traveler with surfing and stuff. Did you go to school there then? Yeah, uh, Escuela Americana, which is in San Salvador, like the city. Okay. Yeah, right. the capital. So what did you grow up doing around there? There wasn't a lot to do. It was very, it, I hate saying this because I feel like the first thing people think of about El Salvador is that it's dangerous. And it is like, there's, it's not the safest place in the world, but 
it also is one of the most beautiful countries yeah. that's ever existed. I mean, like the the amount of weird, like totally different geography you can find in one country, it's all there. Like the volcanoes, like going mountain biking through those, you know, those those trails is breathtaking. And then you go down to the water, the lakes there too also are like, they never they feel never ending and just gorgeous. And just, if you just close your eyes and listen, you just hear so, so much wildlife, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, but the ocean was always my biggest draw. And my, my tia, my aunt had a um, beach house, uh, I think in La Libertad, which is like also a really big surf spot. And um, actually in one of my songs, I mentioned it, but I, uh, that's where we would go all the time. And, and me and my sisters would hang out. And I mean, it was, there was no one on the beach. Like we had the whole beach to ourselves and we would go and, and we'd fall asleep in the hammocks close to the water. And, and <laughs> it was, it was pure paradise. And you don't know what you have until it's gone, you know? But, yeah. So what, what other kind of activities do you do besides music? Do you surf and a oh, little surfing yeah, here Yeah, I would there. say, when I say I surf, I'd say I, I'm a dainty surfer. Like I like, I like longboard. Yeah. I don't like going out when it's over five feet. I'd rather just watch other people. Like I'll go out just myself, but I won't go out with a board. You know, I like to just, I like to have fun. So like, I don't, I'm not about trying to hurt myself. Like, it's like, you know, in high school when, when I used to skateboard, you know, I'd drop in every once in a while. And then all of a sudden my friends are doing these wild tricks. And I was like, you know, I'm good. I don't really, I, like, it's I not like the level cruise. of, yes, <laughs> exactly. I'm a cruiser. And so I love, I love just being out by the water. I love having a cooler. I love the moment of silence when the sun starts to set, you know, oh, that's it's insane. It is. That's, it's just so universal. And it, and it reminds me that we're all kind of a little bit on a, a little bit of a hamster wheel. And when you get a minute like that to breathe, it's like, it kind of stops for a second and you get to enjoy it. And so that's, that's what the water means to me. And that's, I think that's why other than music and be, I think the water is a big reason why I, I wanted to write music is because I wanted to put that, those moments into a time capsule, you know? Yeah. How do you get your inspiration behind writing your songs? Just, yeah, just life in general or? Just life in general. Sometimes people will, like tonight, I'm, I'm uh, later on tonight, I'm meeting uh, some fans on Zoom. I did this thing where if you see my song on the radio and you take a photo of it and you tag me in it, I'll shoot you a link where you can, I'll do a 15 minute Zoom with you and your family, whoever you want. Oh, that's so And I cool. just had this, yeah, this, this woman I'm meeting with tonight, which I only have one tonight, which is really nice. Um, but she told me like her whole life story, like as like the one, a comment area that you can put in. And uh, it's going to be her and like six of her family members. And it's going to be really fun. And that stuff, like I hear those life stories and that's what kind of sparks a phrase or an idea. And that's, you know, then the next day when I have to, a writing session, I show up with two other writers and our job is to write a song. You know, I pull out my phone and said, Hey, I had this, like, I think one of the things I wrote down the other day was like overboard with this girl was saying, she's like totally overboard for this guy. And it, it, she knew it wasn't going to last forever, but it was like a summer romance. And she just felt like she'd throw herself overboard. And of course I have a relation to that because one of my favorite things to do when I'm on a sailboat or like when I'm on the water, or whatever, is the, that jump into the water. So much fun. Yeah. Like, I don't care how old I get. It'll never not be fun jumping off a boat into the water. <laughs> and so I had that idea. I just wrote that song and it's like, uh, we changed it. I think the hook was just so simple. It's like, you got me overboard. Oh, 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 overboard. And it feels like this old school Patrick Swayze, like 80s rock ballad and we had so much fun writing it but the inspiration comes from anywhere as long as you're listening you know yeah 100 percent. so how how busy is your life i mean you seem like you're a very very busy person are you like always on yeah. the grind it's it's funny because 
Uh, you know, I have, uh, you know, my friend's mom, she was complaining about it because my friend's mom is like very, uh, I don't want to use the word OCD because I don't want to like act like that's not a really thing that people struggle with. But like she has tendencies in that kind of domain where she really likes things done right. And she'd say like she doesn't work and she will get super stressed out when she has to say like clean the house or someone coming over, but the house is already like immaculate, you know? Yeah. And she acts like she's, it's so hard work and it's hard and whatever. And it, it hit me while she was saying that, that hard work or feeling like you're overwhelmed or you have so much going on has less to do with what you're actually doing and more to do with like your mental ability to cope with it, right? So like the hard part of my job actually isn't driving eight hours into a gig or waking up the next morning at, you know, 3 a.m. to catch a 5 a.m. flight to then play at one o'clock in the next city. Like that stuff is hard, but the hard part is actually doing all those things and not knowing if it's ever going to pay off or not knowing if it's appreciated or not knowing if you're going to be, you know, we're always climbing to be better artists, better writers. What if when, what if I never get there and I'm working, I'm doing all this stuff and I never get there. So my point with all this saying is like, yeah, I, I keep my calendar very full, but I would never say that I'm a really busy person. Cause I think what actually keeps me busy is my mind's constantly mulling over the number of options I have and uh, worried that like, if I don't do this now, maybe I won't get to the, the skill level that I want to get to. So I'd say the harder part for me is grappling with those inner things, which is like what I say, I, I deal with that by going to the beach and getting the, like that little meditation on of just being in the moment. Just but, cruising. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say I, I, you know, I work hard and I, and I do what I can, but I also respect the fact that there's a lot of people that are like fighting for their lives with what they do for a living. And I'm, I'm yeah. fortunate to say that I don't have to do that anymore. So I I'm careful about the way I answer that question. Cause I've, I've been there and now I feel like every day is, is a gift with, with getting to do what I do, you know? Yeah. And you definitely have that passionate drive, I feel like. So mm. that helps out a lot too. Like when you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, I'm at work, whatever. Like you're not like, oh, I have yeah. to go to work. So same thing with yeah. me like surfing or like going to the ocean, like we were talking, right? Like I wake up and I'm like, oh, cool. I get to go to the ocean today. This is insane. Like yes. that's how I wake up in the morning. Like if I'm like bummed out, if something's going on in my life, like I hop in the ocean and I'm like good to go. Yes. Everything's clean. Like it's rad. Probably the same with you for music. It's probably the easiest part of your career is hopping in the water or the easiest part of my career is standing up on stage. The hard yeah. part is all those parts in between to get to the water, get to the yeah, stage, to get, to get the next chance. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to make coffee this morning. Ugh, dude, I just want to <laughs> go surf. That's so funny. I will say one of my favorite things that go on the water is like sur my like surf snack. Like what am I going to, what am I going to put in my car that I'm going to be super excited about once I like yes. finish and I'm in my car. What is, what is your go-to? I'm curious. Dude, if, if I have like a, well, it depends where I'm at in the world. So like we do these marathon sessions down in Mexico. We all bring our jet skis on these big swells and go just get barreled. And it's like oh, the geez. best thing ever. And uh, <laughs> there's a place called El, El Trail Rio. It's a tacos, taco stand down there. And it's just like, Ooh. It's insane. It's an Ensenada. It's the best taco stand. You ever. know what's good if someone from San Diego is saying his taco place is good. <laughs> oh, it's it's the best. It is insane. And every single time that I'm just burnt out from surfing, all I can think about is how good my tacos are going to be. But if I'm home, if I'm home and I do some marathon session, like filming a video or whatever, or getting mm -hmm. photos, and I'm just burnt out, I'll just go to In and Out. Oh yeah, In and Out's always. That's always <laughs> a good choice. I love in and out It's so good. It's so good. It's so bad for you probably, but. I, I love, I love the shakes. Like they have a oh, really yeah. good Oreo shake there. What's your yeah. go-to? I'm kind of into the Neapolitan right now. 
Oh yeah. That's, I mean, that's, you can't go wrong. Yeah. You literally have everything there. Um, no, I got, I like, I really love fruit after, after being out in the water for a while, like that sweetness. Like I'm a, I grew up in Georgia for a lot of my life. So I have a soft spot for peaches or like, but something like, like that feels like a little more homegrown. That's why I like just peachy, which is like down the road from where you are. Um, they have really, really good like peaches and plums and whatever. I'll get like a bunch of them and I'll just like put them in my car before. And then it's like a little bit warm as I get back into the car. That's the best. feel like you're a little healthier than I am. <laughs> hey, in and out I do my fair share of in and out too. I did do a juice cleanse though. I was pretty stuck on that. It was so hard. You know, I tried. I cannot, I cannot, I get too hungry. Well, they tell you not to eat for like three days or you can have like That's a too much. piece of chicken at the end of the day. Okay. Did you yes, feel I, great I, though? I cheated a little. I'm not going to lie. I ate a little bit. <laughs> That's allowed. Yeah. But did you feel great? Like, did it work? Um, I don't know. I, I always have so much energy. Like I mm. always constantly have to go be doing something or talking to someone. So I feel the same, but at the same time, I'm like, I worked out this morning and I was like, Whoa, that was kind of a sick workout. Like, I don't know if I could have done that three days ago. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel good. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> I could eat in and out and go froth out. Like, oh, I that's just that. how I am. Yeah. I don't know. I, I need to start that's eating tricky Cause you're like me. We're like, I, I bet you're like that with sleep too. Like sometimes people are like, how can you go like three days with no sleep and be this yeah. like animated? And I'm like, because of like my, I'm stimulated, but like you give me a day that I'm not like stimulated doing something. I could be tired all day and have eight hours of sleep. Like yeah. I, I have, my mind has to be doing, but if I'm doing something like I can get through anything, do whatever, like get it done. Yeah. I'll like, like tomorrow I'm going to go fishing and I'm probably going to get like three or four hours of sleep and I'll be frothing the whole day. Like I'll be good. And I, I slept like eight hours last night, full night of sleep, feel great. But this morning I was all groggy and I was like, I need to go work out. So I called my trainer. I was like, I'm coming in right now. We're working out. He's like, all right, yeah, come on in, dude. And then I was frothed up. Like I just have to do stuff. Same thing. Like you sleep really well. I get groggy. And then if I sleep horrible, I feel way better. I don't know what it is. It's so weird. It's a curse. It's the weirdest thing ever. So <laughs> when you, when you were traveling or when you travel and stuff, do you bring like a fishing rod with you or surfboards with you or do you rent? Yeah. Stuff? I, you know, I found this really good telescopic rod on Amazon. That's like Chinese made and it actually works great. But uh, a lot of, I found that even when I bring it, a lot of times I just end up not, not going out and trying to, trying to do it. But uh, if I'm out by the coast, sometimes I'll like charter a fishing charter or something like that. But yeah, if I'm anywhere near the ocean, if I'm within a couple hours of the ocean, I'll always, always find a way to at least get there. And like, sometimes I'll grab a subway and just sit on the beach and eat, you know, <laughs> something just, I, I don't know why it's like plugging into pow- a power source, you know? Yeah. Hey, did you do the river fest, the stand up paddleboard race? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you do? Uh, I did, dude. <laughs> I think I came in like second to last. Um, that's sick. It was the first time I'd ever paddleboarded, but I'm, man, I will talk trash all day. I will engage like a thousand percent. Cause I grew up as an athlete. So I was like, whatever. And, uh, I had so much fun. Like I was crying, laughing at one point I had to stop like, and, like kneel down on my board. Cause I was laughing so hard because we were just making fun of each other all the way through. And, uh, you know, Larry was there and the old salt life team was there and they lent me a, a paddleboard to do it on too. And it was, it was pure fun. Like, and that's what I love about it is like, I think a lot of times like surfing or water sports in general have this kind of, 
rap of like, if you didn't grow up doing it, you don't get to do it kind of thing. And, yeah. and that was so cool. It's Columbus is a little small town in Georgia. You know, a lot of people don't even go in that river like that we did that race on. And they thought we were crazy for putting our paddle boards in it. But you get people from the community and say like, no, like you can actually have fun outside. Like if you don't like hiking, if you don't like these other things, like there are these, these are all accessible. They're not hard. So I think it was really fun seeing people that I was with at the end that we all came in together that were also first timers. I think it was fun for them to see like, hey, I, I grew up in the water my whole life and I'm coming in the same place you did. You did great, you know? And I think that was the beauty of that whole event is it's for beginners and for like April was on it. Uh, I think she might've won. Uh, Connor was there. Like a lot of the yeah. best paddle boarders in the world were at that race, but you can still participate even if you've never paddled before. Like like I, I had never had. Um, so I think that was the, it was a really cool event because there's not a lot of stuff like that, you know? How competitive did everyone get? Was it gnarly? Um, so I know that at the 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 real race, people were competitive for sure. But for the relaxed race, I mean, I think we were some of us were I mean, I can only speak for myself, but some <laughs> of us are pretty buzzed at that point. Oh, okay. So yeah. We were, yeah. So we were really just, I mean, we were just there to have a really good time. Dude, that sounds so fun. I actually was supposed to go to one last year or the year before, but it got like canceled and I was so bummed. Oh, but I was sucks. just talking to Connor about that recently. I was like, dude, next time we go, I'm using one of your boards and I'm racing you. Like we're on just because I'll, awesome. I'll get competitive on them. Connor's crazy though, man. Like he's Oh, he's fast. gnarly. He I mean, I didn't gnarly. even know you could go that fast on a board and it's, and it's, he's on a, on a blow up board too. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like. Where all the boards blow ups? Yeah, uh, I, they had some there that were hardboards, but uh, all the guys that competed were all on blow-up boards because none of them lived in Columbus, Georgia. So, you know, they had to travel in. So if you're traveling, you're not going to bring a hard board with you. Yeah. It's so enormous. Yeah. So what's your there's schedule no way, like? There's no way Delta wouldn't break that. Oh, I know. Dude, traveling with <laughs> boards is so gnarly. I've had bad stuff. That's what's so cool about Witches Rock, that place in Costa Rica, because it had... I easily 200 boards, if not more. Yeah. Uh, and they were all accessible. So like I would try a bigger board or a, a smaller board, depending on what the waves look like or what I thought I could do. And sometimes, you know, I wanted to try a really short one for a while because I wanted to practice my duck diving and, uh, and I just could come back and, and grab something else. And that was so, I mean, I've never even heard of a place that does that other than like the, the bigger camps, you know? Yeah, that's right. I love that. I think that's super mm -hmm. cool. I mean, like, I have a lot of surfboards. Like those are my tools that for my job. So, but it's hard to know what's right for you, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. And all my boards are custom to me. But if I was like going on a trip with a bunch of friends and I knew witches had all those boards, I'd probably just ride their boards. Like, yeah. I'd be like, ah, whatever. I'll just ride one of theirs. And then I don't. Well, get it's only like 15 fee. bucks for like insurance too. Like if anything happens to the board, it's yeah. 15 bucks for the whole week that like, you're not liable. So it's like, you don't have to worry about if you're, you know, riding a reef that you're not familiar with and you, you snap your board. Yeah. You know, it's okay. Like, oh, sorry about mm -hmm. that. <laughs> I'm going to grab another one. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I was doing good on that one, but I'm going to do better on this one actually. <laughs> so what, what are your plans this year coming up? Do you have anything exciting? Yeah. I mean, uh, we have some really big festivals planned. Uh, the festivals are always fun because it's always like, a ton of great, like the big artists, you know? So you get to like, not only play your show, but you have like four artists after you that are all huge names. And then we get to just stand side stage and watch their show and that hang out. so gnarly. Yeah. Well, what's so cool about my job, like it'd be awesome to headline one day. Like I'm not going to not put that out in the universe, but 
there's something really special of being an opener because nobody bought necessarily the ticket or a small percentage people bought their ticket to see me. Yeah. So I do my job, no pressure. Then I get to drink the rest of the night and enjoy a concert, like at the best seat possible, like side stage. So like, to me, those festival shows are just the best because they have the best lineup. Everybody's there to hang out. The buses come in really early in the morning. Everybody's there at the same time. So all of the the big summer festivals last year got rescheduled. And then it's almost like a doubled festival schedule right now. It's cool. That's rad. What's the biggest concert that you've opened up for or been a part of? The last one I did was Windy City Smokeout in Chicago. And that was, I think, 40,000 people. And they, it was packed. Are you kidding it me? Was, it was wall. Do you not get nervous? You know, that's, you know, why I rely on beer. It really helps me <laughs> calm down. It's very helpful. No, but I'll, you know, for me, like my band is so good. And we're like, my drummer is actually, she's 19 years old. And that was her first festival. And I just really like her. Like she's super cool down to earth. She looks kind of like a surfer. She doesn't surf, but she has like that like blonde hair. It's kind of a little bit frizzy. Like she doesn't try too hard. You know, she just looks cool. And when she drums, she makes like the most epic faces. Like she is just in it, like all the way. Just so into it. Yeah. And we all play like that. Like my bass player, my guitar player, like we all just like, we don't care about looking cool or looking like we're just in the music the whole time. And I, they're used to playing me so much that like, they know that, for example, if I decide I want to go into another song, sometimes I like all of a sudden think like, oh, I want to go into this epic, like one of my covers. So I don't do a lot of covers, but sometimes I'll play like one of my songs, Country Is As Country Does. We had played that song and I had them hold where we were playing and I had them go into Song of the South, which is a huge Alabama song, like song, song, song of the South, sweet potato pie and shut my mouth. Uh, epic song in the country world. And I just had them hold those notes and they I, they can watch me and they know that, it, for example, if I stomp my boot real hard, it means I'm about to stop playing and then know to stop. And I, they know that if I like hold my hand out like this, they know we're holding that note for a second. And so we went into one of my other songs, uh, Real Talk, which is one written by Thomas Rhett, that's super Latin kind of infused. I all of a sudden was like, oh, I want to go right into this pasito. So I would like uh, have them like hold a certain note. Yeah. And I was just, it was really cool because I taught it to them and I was like, okay, I need you guys to go up like two full steps, which is like make it make those same chords, but like higher up in the register so I could sing it a little bit higher. And we did it on the spot and it was like, we nailed it. And then all of a sudden I had them stop and I just sang like this pasito. And I mean, I felt like all of Chicago went wild. It was so much fun, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so like with my band, I know that they can handle anything I throw at them. So like, it doesn't really feel nerve wracking because it, it, we're, 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 it's almost like we're just playing. It's like, yeah. it's like a game when we're out there, you know? How often do you guys play together? Not as often as I'd like, because, uh, you know, especially because of the pandemic, uh, a lot of the full band stuff moved to like duo stuff or trio stuff or solo stuff. Uh, but hopefully I we're hoping to get a full tour uh, like 2022 at the latest, if not a little before that. Yeah. How often are you singing? Like, are you in a studio like every day? Not in a studio, but on a stage. Yeah, yeah. I play probably like 17, 10 to 17 shows a month, I would say. Oh, my. Yeah. That's kind of gnarly. I love it. I love it every minute. But that's because I have a lot of avenues. I've been playing for 10 years. So I'll literally, we came back from that 30,000 person show. And the next day I played a bar downtown in Nashville. So like, I don't, if somebody gives me a gig and I can do it and I'm off that day, I do it, you know? And that's what helped me during the pandemic. Cause I have always been that way. And during the pandemic, all of a sudden it changed. So like the big shows didn't come in, but I still had the small shows. So it was like, 
I was very fortunate that I, that I kept those alive, you know? When you're at those bars, they give you free beers. Oh yeah. That's the best part. Dude, free beers, free start food, a band. all of it. Mm-hmm. I'm starting a band. And my girlfriend loves it because she gets free beer too. Cause they recognize her and they'll just, they pour them heavy too. <laughs> no way. That's so oh, yeah. sick. It's, it's the best part. Yeah. It's, it's so it's so much fun. I mean, when I play Papa Gallo, I don't have him pay me. I just have him take it off the check. Cause we were there all night. <laughs> oh yeah. That place is so rad. I was mm-hmm. just there like a week ago. Yeah. Their food is so good. When you come to California again, we're going there. Yes. We're going to party at La Papa Gallo. I love it. But I want to see you play though. Well, I, I've been telling Darren, the guy who owns it, that uh, he's been asking me to play at the new place. But I don't know. Is it, is the food as good at the new place? Because I love the yeah, food. Yeah, it's at the still last so one. good. Okay. Yeah, it's right right on uh, Carlsbad Village or Carlsbad Boulevard. What is that? What is it? Like next to Peach I know Peach what you're Port, talking about. You know, yeah. Yeah, I know. They just Port, opened yeah. it up. It's so rad. That's awesome. Yeah, I think, cool. I think I'll probably play there because they have a stage there too and everything. So. The vibe at La Papagayo and Lacadia, though, that place is so rad. I feel like the Papagayo in Carlsbad's more like bougie. Oh, really? So you like walk in, you're like, oh, I'm wearing board shirts and a t shirt. I should probably have a collared shirt on. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, that's that's drastically different. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's super rad. It's mm-hmm. fun and music goes on and get to watch all the baseball games or whatever. But I feel yeah. like Encinitas in general is getting a little, little more bougie. But- 100%. I will, so I will keep them down as long as I can. Yeah. <laughs> they started a new, they just opened up this new hotel in Carlsbad called Alila or something. It's like mm-hmm. so gnarly. I went in, me and my buddies have electric bikes. We're like e-bike crew over here. It's kind of funny. Nice. Hey, e-bikes are great, especially if you've been drinking. Just carries yeah. you home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, we, we were going to get like a beer and then we were going to go in Encinitas. So we stopped in the new hotel and we like walked in and everybody had a suit on. And I was oh like gosh. in board chores, a t-shirt and flip-flops. And like where we get like this crew that I'm with is always just like you like frothing next level. So we're on our e-bikes, like every biker we see, we're like, yeah, buddy, pedal up. Let's go. You want to drop? You want to hold on to us? Like just frothing <laughs> out. So we get, we got to the bar and we're like having some drinks. And then all of a sudden we're, we start like hysterically laughing with this other crew. And then we're just like, we're going to go outside on the patio. And we went outside on the patio met some other people that we randomly met there. And then. We're just having the best time and everybody's like, you guys got to stop like yelling and like laughing so loud. Like we're like, we're having the best time right now. This place is so sick. We're looking at the ocean. Like it's rad, but it's so bougie, like suit and tie collared shirt at minimum. And we're there with like board shorts, t-shirts getting kicked out. We didn't get kicked out. We're not that early, but okay. it was like, yeah. And then we went to Encinitas and everything was good. We were like, yeah, this is sick. Yeah. We're having a good time. Live I'm glad Encinitas still. Well, Lucadia too. Well, Lucadia can sometimes be a little bit bougie, but like for yeah. the most part, I feel like you go to the bars down there and they're cool. Yeah. They're su- super cool. And there's rad people. Everybody mm-hmm. around here is so nice and like friendly. They are. And like one of, one of my favorite things about living there was that nobody ever asked me what I did for a living. And I don't know why I appreciated that so much, but I did. Cause I, I love talking about what I do for a living, but like, there's something really rewarding about like nobody caring. Like yeah. what a stu- what a stupid question when you think about it. You know, like yeah. who cares what you do for a living? Like what do you do for fun? Like what do you, what's what do you what like makes you happy? You know, like what it, I just I, I realized that nobody was asking me that because I live like in LA or Nashville. That's like one of the first things out of people's life, like mouths. But like when you live by the beach, I feel like there's a 
a little more of a, a present conversation that happens yeah, that you don't find 100%. everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Or they'll be like, oh, are you going to watch the sunset on the cliff? Yeah, today? It's exactly. like it's, yeah. <laughs> Did you get in the water today? Yeah, mm-hmm. we got in the water. That's right. Yeah. It was so <laughs> Water's finally warming up. Like, yeah. It's so uh, it's but true. surely warming up. <laughs> yeah. It's getting warm here. Finally. So thank God. <laughs> well, Angie, uh, give yourself a shout out on Instagram real quick. Yeah. Just at official Angie K. And if any of you guys have questions for me or, uh, want to reach out, I, I answer my DMS as much as I can. So shoot me a DM at official Angie K. Rad. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, uh, hopefully we can get you back on here soon. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this podcast, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. Stay salty. Phew.